Hello and welcome to our weekly ICT4D conference podcast. My name is Sonia Ritzel from CRS and I'm interviewing experts for you to talk about digital development trends, innovations and good practice. Welcome to our podcast series on digital diversity, equity and inclusion. It's impossible to address digital diversity without talking about connectivity and ensuring that no one is left behind in our increasingly connected world. Therefore, it's my pleasure today to speak with Claire Sipthorpe. She is the head of Connected Society as GSMA. Claire, thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you so much for having me. <laughs> Could you please briefly explain your role at GSMA and also including your recent report on the state of mobile internet connectivity and particularly around the importance of mobile internet in people's daily lives during the pandemic? Sure. So I actually had uh, three programs at GSMA, um, Connected Society, which focuses on digital inclusion for the underserved in uh, low and middle income countries, Connected Women, which focuses on digital and financial inclusion for women specifically, and assistive tech, which focuses on digital inclusion for people with disabilities. So we essentially look at how can we ensure that um, really underserved communities in Africa and Asia are digitally included with a specific focus on rural women and people with disabilities. And as you mentioned, we have um, an annual report uh, that we put out called the State of Mobile Internet Connectivity, which really looks at, you know, what what is the state of play in terms of people's access and use and what are the barriers and, and how does this change over time? As you mentioned, COVID has really highlighted the importance of mobile and mobile internet for citizens. I mean, it's the mobile is the primary way that uh, people access the internet and it's proving a really vital tool in terms of sharing information about the pandemic, keeping in touch with friends and family, supporting livelihoods and enabling remote access to services like health and education, which are really just so important this time. I mean, even outside of the pandemic, we've done a lot of research, as highlighted in the report, that shows that um, mobile ownership, you know, it helps make people feel safer and they can access important information and services that they can't, wouldn't otherwise have access to. So I think the COVID pandemic has really heightened the importance, particularly with lockdowns, etc. So um, it's just a really critical tool for people right now. Thank you, Claire. That's an excellent introduction. We're obviously addressing digital diversity and inclusion. So... My big question is, so who is left behind? What are the gaps in the coverage? So we look at it from two perspectives. So we look at, you know, the coverage of mobile broadband and to see, you know, where we're at. And, and that's a very positive story. Those living outside of areas covered by mobile broadband networks continues to narrow. And it's just at under 600 million people, as our report highlights. So so that's a, that's a positive story. Obviously, there's still people left behind, but that gap is reducing. But I think even more importantly, there's a usage gap, which is much bigger. Um, so those are people who live within covered areas but are not able to or use the Internet. And there's approximately 3.4 billion people who live in, in areas covered that, that can't, don't use it. So this usage gap is six times bigger than the coverage gap, which I think is really important to mention that there's other than coverage, there's these really important big barriers that are stopping people from getting this benefit. And you asked about who's not connected, so they're disproportionately poor, less educated, rural, female, and persons with disabilities. So, for example, people living in rural areas in low and middle income countries are 37% less likely to use mobile internet than those in urban areas. People with disabilities are less likely to own a phone and use the internet. And uh, hot off the press, we just gave up shared at International Women's Day this year the latest numbers in terms of gender. And women in low and middle income countries are 15% 
less likely than men to use the internet. So again, that gender gap persists, and we'll be having we also will be publishing a report at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona this year with more detailed data on the gender side, up to date data that we've collected during the pandemic. Thank you, Claire, and thank you for really highlighting the difference of that coverage gap and the usage gap. I think that's a very important and maybe not as commonly known. Now, why are they being left behind? What are the main barriers? Sure. So if we take each on its own, so the coverage gap, you know, as I say, it continues to narrow, but you know, the challenges really remain in reaching kind of rural and remote areas. And this is typically an economic challenge. You know, uncovered communities are predominantly in rural areas where deploying infrastructure can be twice as expensive and revenues 10 times lower than in urban areas. So that's a sort of one of the, the main challenges on the coverage side. But as I mentioned, the usage gap is six times as bigger. So it's really important that we address this. And we've done extensive research. We do nationally representative surveys across a, a range of countries to really understand what are the barriers. And what we find is affordability is a key barrier, particularly handset costs. So while, again, internet-enabled phones and mobile data are becoming more affordable, it's still the biggest barrier to owning a phone and the second biggest barrier, you know, once you are a mobile user and aware of the internet to sort of using the internet. So that's a really important challenge. And then the second one I want to highlight perhaps is knowledge and skills. So even among phone owners who are aware of the internet, this is the biggest barrier to them using the internet in low and middle income countries. But again, there's, we've seen some lots of changes. You know, it's positive to note that awareness of mobile internet is growing and mobile users are increasingly seeing the internet as relevant to their lives and are using a wider range of products and services. But, and there's a few other, maybe there's a couple other sort of challenges that are worth noting. So safety and security is a, is a concern. We've seen that emerging as a, a barrier in more recent years. So this looks at things like harassment and privacy and a range of other, and for women, officially in certain contexts, social norms, and some of the disparities that they face um, can be a real challenge as well. Thank you. So I guess the main question here is also what needs to be done. So what is needed to bridge the gap and move the dial forwards to a true digital inclusion? What are your thoughts or what are your findings? Yeah, so in terms of, again, looking at each issue, in turn, coverage, you know, this, I think, requires really requires proactive, targeted policies which support infrastructure investment and enable innovation, things that make, for example, spectrum more accessible and affordable and things like infrastructure sharing, things that can really help push the boundary there as far as we can. And then in terms of the usage gap, it, strategies to address those barriers really need to be grounded in a kind of understanding of the local context. So big believer in really having more data on these issues and understanding um, the challenges, because in our research, again, we see that the relevant importance of the different barriers vary depending on country, context, and the particular group that you're trying to target. So really making sure that what we do is grounded in that understanding of, of the issues. And they also need to, as I mentioned when I talked about women, they need to factor in some of those structural issues under, underpinning these disparities. So things like inequalities in terms of income and education and restrictive social norms. You know, those need to be considered as well. But I would say that to kind of get those people using, it's a collective effort. It can't be done by any one stakeholder. But we definitely need to look at how do we can improve the affordability of internet-enabled phones, if it's reducing the cost of them, but also looking at financing mechanisms to better allow people to, to get them. How do we improve levels of digital skills and literacy? Literacy is also a, an important barrier. How can we create vibrant local digital ecosystems 
so that we can have uh, relevant content and services that encourage people to, to go online and take advantage of, of all the benefits. But I would say that uh, it does need targeted action, certainly. We've been working on, for example, the gender gap for about 10 years, the mobile gender gap. And what's clear to us in our work is that it's not going to close on its own. It really does need focused, targeted efforts. But when you do take those efforts, it does make a big difference. So it is possible to address some of these disparities and inequalities, but it does require some focused attention. Thank you. So you said that there's a collective effort. And I'm wondering, especially since we do have a, a broad audience for the ICT for the Conference podcast, maybe you could help me phrase a call to action. So what should the different actors or maybe specifically the nonprofit organizations do to assist this goal? Sure. I always say that there's sort of four main things that we all need to do. Is One is we need to have a focus on this issue. So I would think, uh, so for example, in a nonprofit, you know, thinking about how digital and mobile can be embedded in programs and supporting, thinking about specific groups that might be left behind. So if you're looking at doing digital services, think about, you know, how are you potentially impacting uh, access and use by women or people with disabilities? Is what you're doing going to uh, exclude them? You know, how could you purpose, what could you do to help sure they're included? So having a real focus on this issue and the, the potential groups that are, are, you know, may miss out. And And those people who are currently missing out are the ones who actually would benefit most from access to these technologies because they have less access to many services as well of it in general. So having that explicit focus, I think, is um, really important. I mentioned also sort of understanding the data and the issue. You know, we really need to kind of understand what's happening in the particular local context of what these organizations are working in so they have an understanding of where they need to focus their efforts and do work. There's a lot of data out there. There's a lot of data, we, more data we need, although I don't think lack of data should stop us from taking action. But I think, you know, the more we can do to understand and collect and have um, information on this, the better. I think tackling the barriers, we've identified um, five key barriers that need to be thought about affordability, access and accessibility, digital literacy and skills, relevant content and services, safety and security. So really looking at what are the barriers some of these groups might have if you're looking at doing mobile or digital services that reach these groups, you know, thinking about the different barriers, thinking about how they might play out and how you can address them. And then I think so as a first one, having a focus, second, understanding the issue, third, looking at the barriers. And fourth, I would say, is this collaboration between stakeholders. So I think, again, some of the not-for-profits, for example, partnering with private sector, partnering with government, seeing how you can collaborate with different stakeholders to, to try and address these. Thank you. Yeah, you said that data is key, uh, definitely, to make the right decisions and particular based for specific region or the specific situation and, and community. It always comes back down to a very user-centered design or user-centered decisions. And awareness, of course. So I know GSMA is very good in creating awareness, um, particularly with all the reports and all the information uh, you publish every year. And you also mentioned earlier that particularly the mobile data gap is something you've seen over the last 10 years. So maybe kind of like looking into the future, what do you think the future holds? What are the next steps or actions, particularly for your department at GSMA? I think we're going to continue to make sure that those who are currently underserved are getting served and seeing how we can make sure that, that we're not exacerbating um, existing inequalities and, and really trying to focus on those underserved so that they can benefit. 
I would say that one of the things, so first of all, you know, looking at, the, as I mentioned, there's this usage gap, continuing to have a focus on gender equality, disability inclusion are really important for us. We're very lucky in that I mentioned these sort of consumer surveys, these surveys in these countries, we've been doing them for quite a number of years. And we were able to collect the data, including during the pandemic. So we ha- we can now use that data to see the impact of COVID. And we'll be continuing to produce, for example, our annual mobile gender gap report, our annual state of the mobile industry report. And because we're able to do this each year and then also have a number of years of data, we're going to be able to see the impact of COVID, which I think is really important to see how it is changing people's adoption use, how it is affecting the barriers, particularly those who are most vulnerable, most underserved, who are not just most vulnerable underserved in terms of digital and mobile access, but are generally, you know, bearing some of the impact of COVID. So I think one of the things that we're going to be looking at is is really trying to and sharing uh, and making available is, is, you know, how has COVID changed this dynamic? How is it changing what we need to prioritize, what we can do? So constantly continuing to share our insights around, you know, how we can address what models work, what models don't. So I, I say a continued focus on reaching the underserved, you know, really looking at how COVID is playing out and then seeing how we can have some practical and useful insights and data that we can make available to all stakeholders who are trying to tackle this issue. Thank you, Claire. Looks like you really have your work cut out for you. <laughs> and there's a lot for us to read and understand. And I think we all have an idea that Obviously, COVID has an impact on extending the the digital divide, but yeah, really looking at the data and being clear on what is happening will help us as a sector and uh, globally to take actions. Thank you so much. I'm already at the end of my questions. Is there anything you wanted to add? I just encourage anybody who wants to talk to us about these issues, wants to, to learn a bit more, we're more than happy to be in touch and happy to share uh, the resources and data we have. Thank you, Claire. And we will add the link in the podcast description as well. More information about our upcoming podcasts or webinars are on our website, ict4dconference.org. I hope you will join us again next week.